What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamal K. Davis here with you. It's been a wild week. Um, I will get into that um, and how sports played a, a big role in it. I'm going to talk about um, the weekend that was in sports and some of my observations since my last pod about the NBA WMVP. Talk about WMVP, the National Football League after week nine, which, of course, like now I can't figure there really isn't a halfway point anymore. Now that there are 17 games and the season is 18 weeks, it's just whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. We'll talk about baseball as we get set for. some some of the last postseason awards qualifying offers for one Shohei Otani. My thoughts on that as well. Uh, the Rangers winning the World Series and the uh, in-season tournament. For the NBA, I kind of went all over the place with some of the things I wanted to discuss today. But first, I'm going to start with what my uh, week, the week that was for me, which got uh, quite busy. Um, I had the opportunity, uh, well, just went with my family to Disney and Universal, um, spent some time there, and it just... It was a really fun time, and you know I'm not 100 percent um, into the rides. Like I know some people into the rides or the characters. I probably just like the overall experience is what gets me excited. Um, I'm big going to Star Wars, so I got to see the Star Wars and take a picture with Chewbacca. Uh, which was fun. Our sons built a droid. Universal got to go to the new Super Mario World. Um, we did a lot. And it was fun to to be in warm weather. But the funny thing that I thought was interesting as it relates to sports is, why is there no sports amusement parks? And maybe it's because they just wouldn't make it. There would be nothing that is exciting about them. I get that that may be why there isn't. But as I was sitting there and watching kids get all, you know, take pictures with characters and the interactivity of like a Harry Potter and, you know, uh, going to... Disney and being able to connect with Mickey and Minnie um, and go into the Nightmare Before Christmas, going into that haunted mansion, you know, playing the games with Buzz Lightyear, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I could see a sports amusement park. I really could. And it would be 
The question is, well, would it be well attended? Maybe not everyone's into sports, but then you think, but everybody may not be into Disney or Universal either, but it still draws a lot. You could have a football section, a soccer section, uh, NBA, basketball, not just NBA, but basketball, um, hockey, baseball. You know, you could have it by sport. And within that section, you know, you could probably have some pretty cool things. Catch a pass from, see what it's like to catch a pass from Tom Brady. You know, have a um, a simulated robot that throws a ball at the speed and accuracy of Tom Brady. What it's like to catch that ball, maybe. You could have a shooting contest against Steph Curry. Or maybe you can go old school and you can choose Larry Bird in a three-point contest if you wanted to. It, it, it reminds me of a theme. Uh, it's the Carnegie Sports Science Theater, I think is what it's called. I know I'm messing it up. And it's in Pittsburgh. And, like, my kids love it. You know, you try to shoot... Uh, Hockey puck on uh, a goalie. There is like a little tiny track where you race against your friends. But I could see you having a race against an Olympian. You know, test your skills, if you will. Um, And maybe it can combine a little bit of a Hall of Fame. Um, Maybe shoot a soccer, try to score on David De Gea. Um, You know, Yeah, I was thinking about all of the um, mascots that walk around. You know, maybe you could have some larger-than-life players. Uh, Maybe that's a thing, Uh, which I know is not quite the same. And you can have the actual mascots from the different sports teams. You know, maybe there's an EPL section where everything looks like uh, England, uh, or or maybe you know, it's not just England. Maybe there's a La Liga section too, you know, an MLS section. I mean, I just am curious why there isn't, you know, maybe more of that. And I know that probably it might be licensing too. You'd have to have all of the leagues um, in on it and players' likeness, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot. But I do find it lacking. You know, maybe you try to hit a home run. How many home runs can you hit? Just like a home run derby. All of those things you think of with all-star games, you could almost incorporate a good amount of that into a theme park. Obviously, where would you put it um, is the other thing. And it probably would end up being somewhere around the other theme park so you could attract those people. Maybe, you know, like me, when we went to Disney in Florida and we had a we had a week there, maybe we would spend one day there. And the funny thing is I think there is Disney's Wide World of Sports down there, which we didn't do. We didn't do. I'll give you that. Um, but to me, when I thought of Disney Wild World of Sports... And I remember, if you remember, during the pandemic, that's where the NBA played. Part of its games were there. 
Um, but I, I guess I thought Disney's Wild World of Sports is really the place where they use it f- to do um, maybe not Little League World Series, but um, some of the other youth leagues played their championships down there. But I could be wrong. Maybe that's the easiest place to put it because there already is something down there. And it would just be more about expanding it to make it more attractive to you know, kids of all ages, if you will. Um, But obviously it being Disney, maybe it would be a little more difficult to add it in there. But it would be fun. You know, maybe you could sit on the set and like call, pretend to be part of a a, a, a play-by-play announcer and you call some iconic games. It's probably been thought of before and there's a reason why they didn't do it. So I will move on. I'm going to move on. But maybe if you have some thoughts, let me know. I'm going to go to the World Series. I watched. Uh, The first game was amazing. Uh, If you remember my last pod, I was at the Pitt-Notre Dame game. I had just arrived in town. I, I... was in my hotel room ready to watch the 10th inning and I said this is going to be one of the more competitive world series ever because I thought realistically that you had two teams in Texas and Arizona who were overlooked one was coached by Bruce Bochy who had already been to what three world series with other teams um and another was coached by a coach I have no idea who he was And that's how I felt about it. Arizona Diamondbacks were a bunch of players that no one really knew who they were. And yet they were scrappy and tough and very talented against a team that had some players you didn't know, but also had Corey Seager, who won a World Series with the Dodgers, who's now an elite company, has a two-time MVP for two different teams. Um, you know, you had Max Scherzer who had the experience of also winning a World Series and now he has won one again. And you had the breakout season, at least in my mind, of Adolis Garcia who really like shined during the playoffs. But it petered out quickly as the Rangers won 4-1. There was a pitcher's duel, I think, Right? The Diamondbacks won one nothing. Maybe it wasn't that low. In game two, it seems so long ago. Because that's how many sports are being played now. That it seems so long ago. But I thought it was fun. And when I you could see the celebration of the players when they won. Again, unfortunately, even that game was not anticlimactic. But it was, what, 1-0 going into the top of the ninth and then Texas breaks it open and it's like yeah Arizona doesn't have a shot it's over because they're not scoring six runs in the bottom of the night I know it can happen but it wasn't going to happen here but the fact that Max Scherzer and Adolis Garcia um, were injured and weren't going to be available for the rest of the World Series I think that actually lifted up the Rangers even more to be like hey let's just shut the door and win this thing before it gets you know 
where we we allow for Arizona to have a shot, and, and then that's it. But I liked it. I knew it was the lowest rated World Series, and nobody really cared about it. There were no superstars on either team, um, and that's unfortunate. But at the same time, in my mind, if you talk about the popularity of the leagues, NFL dwarfs everything. A, a second place is the NBA, but it's really far behind when you think of ratings and popularity. And then you have Major League Baseball, which I'm not going to say is far behind basketball. It's, it's up there. And then you have the NHL. But I'd argue probably that English Premier League or soccer in general, not just dwarfs everything, even the NFL when you think globally, but I feel like people are probably as into EPL and Major League Soccer about as much as they are with baseball and National Hockey League and maybe even the NBA, really. I mean, I know that there are exhibition games overseas for the NBA because I went to multiple. Barcelona, Berlin, Brazil, and I feel like I'm missing one. Uh, well, I went to Abu Dhabi and Dubai, but that was for hockey. Um, but like there was popularity. Oh, London, right? I went to the London uh, NBA game. Yeah, it sold out. It was cool. It really was. But the fact that soccer can sell out a football stadium when it comes over here, it's a bit different, a little bit different. I remember going to see Chelsea versus AS Roma in Heinz Field when I was in college. Um, and to see the number of fans that showed up, I was like, whoa, this is this is a lot. And I didn't expect that. That was my first ever experience with English Premier League. Um, although I know AS Roma, what are they? Uh, league One? Man, I think it's League One. So it's up there. But I get in the end that baseball was just not as exciting as um, we wanted it to be. And maybe if it was Dodgers, Orioles, the two, the top two teams in the league, um, or even the Houston Astros, everybody knows Houston, whether it was because they cheated or not. Like, yeah, it lost its luster. Um, but I'm happy for Texas. Happy for Max Scherzer. I remember listening to another podcast talking about the Orioles passed up or Nathan Uvalde, and that should have been the player that they picked up, and maybe they'd be in the position where they won the World Series. But they chose to not sign him as a free agent, um, and it worked out for him. He won a World Series. Good for him. Good for him. Speaking of good for him, I'm happy for my guy first, Robert Covington. James Harden, the saga of what was happening with him in Philly. It was time for him to go. It took a while to get a deal done, but that was the biggest and latest news that's kind of on the court and off the court was they had to get rid of James Harden. They trade him to the Clippers and Robert Covington gets to come back to the Philadelphia 76ers where... The process for the team and the Philadelphia 76ers started. So it almost comes full circle for Robert. And that makes me happy. That made us happy as we're trying to 
finish up a documentary that we started, man, 2020, 2019, seems like it was yesterday. Seems like it was yesterday. Um, It wasn't that long ago, though. Definitely early, early 2021, I think, is when we started. It wasn't in the bubble. It was right after the bubble. But at least that saga is over. Like, James Harden is gone. And Robert Covington got a standing ovation when he returned back to Philly, which was really cool to hear. He's happy. 76ers are playing well. Joel Embiid said, I need him to shoot the ball. Right? So maybe Robert Covington gets to get back to the player that was a top three and D guy. Not that he hasn't shown glimpses of his brilliance, his talent as a player. I mean, he scored over 40 points with the Clippers in the game. So we know he can do it. He can get hot. He can play defense. But I think it's more about that magic that he had in Philadelphia. That's what I hope he gets to capture back. And I hope that by going back to Philly, he feels the same way. But back to James Harden. At some point, James Harden has to find a way to look within. And I actually think if he could just think about what he has done wrong. Like, I think any goodwill that James Harden has built, except for being a diehard James Harden fan, is gone. His ability to be like, yes, I was a Hall of Famer, I won a championship, all of that's gone. In some ways, similar to Kyrie Irving. Because you're jumping from team to team to team. Your unhappiness, your it's you, not me, all the time. I want to be traded, I'm out of here. I know there's some things that may have happened behind the scenes that we don't know about. I get that. But if it was one team, okay. But not when on what? You're on your fourth team in three seasons? That's not good. And you're not someone who is just a trade asset that's like, okay, yeah, let me throw them in to make the numbers even. You know, so you're on your 15th team. No, this is James Harden, who when he was with Houston after the OKC trade, he was, man, I mean, that's when he really got to shine in Houston. And he was amazing. And I and I know that there, I'm sure that's why the Clippers like, yeah, we could use someone like him. James Harden reunited with Russell Westbrook and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And you think adding more firepower means you're going to win. But that's a lot to share around. But for the Clippers, it's unique. Because with the Clippers, because of the 
injury bug with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they have a, a different incentive, a different reason for needing four superstars. Now when one goes down, you got three more who can carry your team and hopefully can help you win a game. But it may take some time for them to get acclimated with each other. And that's going to be the scary part. That's going to be the part where it's like, uh, this could blow up fast or it could work out well. It could go either way. That's definitely true. It can go either way. I'll give you that. But overall, you have to wonder when you're the Clippers, what? You wanted James Harden? What's going to happen in that locker room now? Right? This is not only just James Harden going to another team. This is the fourth time where he's going to say those things. Oh, I really love this city. I really love the fans. Like at some point as a fan, you got to you got to be like, "Yo, we we know it's all fake." All right? And it's sad that you could probably say that about a lot of players on a lot of teams across multiple sports. Of course they're going to say, "Oh, I love the city." You know, it's always one of the places I wanted to play. At least for James Harden to an extent, I'm sure he's going to say, "Yo, I'm I, I believe he's from He's from Cali, so he can be like, oh, yeah, I'm going back home, kind of. That same thing was said for Paul George. That same thing can be said for um, Kawhi Leonard. Right? He's coming back to where he was as a kid in L.A. You know, I'm sure the team... And the NBA are going to do a little thing where they go back to his old neighborhood, either for a community service thing or for a feature profile on him. We know that's going to happen. We know that's going to happen. And it's crazy how these players are coming, all coming back to L.A., all four of their superstars are from L.A. So that's going to be something that is if they get to the playoffs and they're you know in the Western Conference Finals, that's going to be a thing. The four of them talking about coming back to L.A. where they were all from. Look at me. I'm thinking like a producer. But does that equal wins? And that's going to be the key that they got to figure out. Maybe it will. It just might. And I'm rooting for the Clippers, but I was rooting more for the Clippers when Robert Covington was on the team and John Wall was on the team. Now it's just another team, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We also have to see what happens with Victor Wimbanyama. Granted, you could say maybe it was just a glimpse and don't get too excited but the 38 points against, not just the 38 points against the Suns. But they won back-to-back games in Phoenix against the Suns. That was the interesting thing. That it showed he wasn't just playing, you know, against the Wizards and scored 38 points. No, it was the Suns. Now, I know we could say they might not have defense, 
I'll give you that. And that's probably one of the biggest weaknesses of the Phoenix Suns. And they're playing against the tallest, most talented player in the NBA. But he very well could win the MVP and Rookie of the Year. I'm going to keep saying that all year. I think it determines if he can stay healthy one. And if Greg Popovich lets him go, lets him fly so that he can do something that only two players have ever done. And that's Will Chamberlain and Wes Unsell to win both the MVP and Rookie of the Year. But that showed he can do it. It'll be interesting how teams change their defenses. But the bigger issue for me is I'm worried if I'm Phoenix. How are you going to lose to the Spurs twice? I know Bradley Beal wasn't playing or hasn't played. And they're still trying to figure themselves out. I do get that. But you... You just can't lose to Phoenix like that. I mean, excuse me, to the, to the Spurs like that. Are they... Better than I thought they would. Too early to tell. Three and four. They've lost two in a row after winning two in a row against Phoenix. As I looked at the standings this morning, I said, what is the biggest surprise so far on this season? And I know we're not even 10 games in. Maybe we wait until we get to 10 Completed about 10% of the games, though, right? That seven, eighth game is that 10%. And eight, some teams will have played that 10th game tonight. Excuse me, the 10% of their games tonight. And when I looked at it and I said, what is the biggest surprise to me so far? Wizards in last place. Not what I expected, but not the team that's the biggest surprise either. The cream is rising to the top in the East. Boston, Philly, Milwaukee. The biggest surprise from a, what? Their winning standpoint is the Dallas Mavericks. Six and one. I thought for the longest time, like based on last season, there's no way Luke and Kyrie Irving are going to work out. But this early in the season, to be in second place, have only lost one game. Man, Dallas, maybe they, maybe, maybe it is going to work out. Maybe it will. The most disappointing team that you can say there's going to be a shakeup and there may not be is the Memphis Grizzlies. They are one and six on the season. Now, granted, they lost John Morant, suspended for 25 games, and that means they have a long way to go. But this season, they're done. They're done. And it'll be interesting to see if they say, hey, we're done, but we know what happened with John Morant affected our season. We're not going to shake it up. We're not going to fire the coach or any of that kind of stuff, right? 
Taylor Jenkins will still be there as a head coach next year, and they'll be back. But they also got rid of, maybe, unfortunately, maybe they shouldn't have. I did. I never liked him. But maybe they lost some of their moxie letting Dylan Brooks go. Maybe they needed someone like him. But the two biggest surprises, the good and the bad, are Dallas at 6-1 and one and Memphis at 1-6. I thought I was initially going to talk a little bit about the in-season tournament. It was all right. I know that they really they really were trying to push the ads and like, oh, these games count against something else. I think it's going to take a little bit more time before people really get into that and become excited about it. Um, we're just going to have to see. I'd love to go to Las Vegas and see the championship whenever that is. I think it's in Las Vegas, right? The semifinals and the final game is played in Las Vegas. We'll have to see what happens there. What becomes of this in-season tournament as you're trying to follow it. The players, I think, I mean, what are you going to say? I, you, no players are going to be like, I hate it. Because all it is right now is it's just, hey, you're playing regular season games and it's going towards this cup. And maybe somewhere down the road, people are going to be excited about, or team, excuse me, I won Summer League the in-season tournament and the NBA championship, and you're going to win all three, similar to how like EPL, the Carabao Cup, the Europa Cup, you know, all of these different cups that teams can win, FA Cup and EPL, right? You have all of these goals to reach, if you will. Although I still think the EPL, they need to go to an actual postseason tournament. They need to. That's a topic I need to discuss. Because to me, no matter what you say, English Premier League falls flat. It just falls flat. I don't care. I don't care enough about it. Oh, because Man City, right? They're up two points in the EPL standings. And they're probably not going to lose any games to the point that they're going to drop. And okay, so they've been in first place at the start of the season and they're in first place at the end of the season and there was never any real drama. Arsenal was there for a little bit. Tottenham Hotspur was there for a little bit. Shout out to Chelsea who, man, when you think they can't win, they win. They win. But in the end, well, they tied to Arsenal, so I was bummed out about that. Like that really, ugh. Okay, I won't get into that. That's not the topic I was talking about. But bottom line, like they need a tournament. You can't just be like, okay, you had the best record and there's your championship. Now, granted, maybe there should be the flip side is in the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, hockey. It would be nice to have an award that goes to the best team. I'll give you that. That should be its own trophy. And maybe that's something else to add to it too, to incentivize getting the best record in the league. I'll give you that, but they need to have a tournament. They need to have a tournament. In the NBA, adding this tournament is the flip side of that of saying, yeah, there's a reason we should 
do this in season tournament. And so I was that I'm a reserve judgment. It's cool now. It's cool. We'll see what happens if I get excited by the time it gets to Las Vegas. Speaking of things that they're doing overseas, they're still playing NFL games overseas. In Germany this year, the National Football League. And see, so for me, all right, Chiefs Dolphins were played in in Germany. When they were like first NFL game in Germany, I, I don't know why, but I keep thinking about that there was an NFL Europe League and it didn't last very long. But I think there was a Frankfurt something, and that's where the Dolphins Chiefs, Dolphins and Chiefs played. Chiefs won twenty-one to fourteen. Um, as we are at the midway, midway-ish point of the NFL season, I had some observations. Just like the NBA, some surprises. Teams I think that will win, teams that I think won't win, and in terms of winning the Super Bowl. If I, I'm I'm look, am I gonna really get in the individual games? Not in this pod. I had the Chargers winning. Thought the Bengals would win. Thought the Eagles would win. Raiders over the Giants, yeah, but not by as many points as it was. But shoot, you fire your coach, so be it. Colts over Panthers, I expected that. Packers over Rams, I did not. I think the Rams are on the tail end. I think the Rams are headed in the wrong direction, and it's time to make a change. Even they don't talk about Sean McVay the same way anymore. Matthew Stafford, don't talk about him the same way anymore. Hail to Pitt, Aaron Donald doesn't get talked about as much anymore. Vikings over Falcons. I thought the Falcons were a sleeper team to win that NFC South. But man, that's not looking good. The Texans-Buccaneers became a shootout. Didn't expect that. Browns to shut out the Cardinals. Didn't expect that. Ravens over Seahawks. Not 37-3. Not a, not a domination. 21-14, a low-scoring game, and I was wondering if Taylor Swift actually went to Germany, but I purposely did not check, didn't care to check. Commanders beat the Patriots, didn't expect that. And Steelers to beat the Titans, I did. As I look at that midway point of the season so far, and I think about the biggest surprise, the good and the bad, and I looked at each conference, and I said, Miami at top of the AFC East? Yeah, that's about what I expected. Once again, the AFC North not able to separate. None of the teams are separating themselves from the other. I know that Baltimore has a two-game lead, but the fact that the Steelers beat Baltimore once already, you know, they can catch them again. Jacksonville at 6-2 in the AFC South. 
That might have been the biggest surprise for me. Quite possibly. In the AFC West. I mean, realistically, I thought the Chargers, Raiders, and Denver were not going to do much. Philly at 8-1. and one. I expected them to be there. They were in the Super Bowl last year, right? You expected them to be there. You expected the Cowboys to kind of be there. Detroit at the top of the NFC North. Chicago at the bottom at 2-7. and seven. Atlanta. They had a chance to move up. And and get a lead in the NFC South. And they've lost two in a row. I didn't expect that. The biggest surprises for me are the LA Rams at three and six. I know it seems like I finished up in the NFC West, and that's where I was going with the biggest surprise. I just never expected them to drop like this. They've lost three in a row. They've not been able to score. Minus 26 point differential is not good. They've been the biggest disappointment this season so far. And it may be time to shake it up a lot. Front office, coaches, player changes, that may happen. And I expected it to be the LA Chargers that would do that before the Rams. But I think it actually might be the Rams. They are that bad. And I didn't expect that. On the flip side, the team that I didn't expect to be where they are are the Detroit Lions. Six and two on the season. Is this the year for Detroit to win a playoff game? To get to the, maybe the NFC Championship. This could be it. San Francisco's falling off. Seattle is what it is. I mean, they're all right, but they got Geno Smith at quarterback. Detroit is Jared Goff, actually, who used to be on the Rams, right? Yeah. Now, granted, their trade for Matthew Stafford from Detroit uh, was the best trade ever. They won the Super Bowl, and they'll never be able to take that away. But Detroit to me, is the biggest surprise. And that's a good thing. Shout out to Jeremy and Darren, who've been diehard Detroit Lions fans as long as I've known them, and I'm sure that they are so excited. So excited about the possibilities of winning a playoff game in Detroit. The good point differential at plus 35. Not great, but good enough because it shows like the best point differential is Baltimore plus 115. 
But when I look at plus 35, which only New Orleans has a lower plus differential for a first place team, it says to me Detroit's also in some ways winning close games. They win tough games. And that could prove to be a good thing for them down the road. It could be a good thing for them down the road. And we'll see what happens. You know, season's still early. Like we said, we're at that midway-ish point of the season. But I think, out barring an injury, the teams are where they are. I will say that overall, I think there there has been a serious deficit in quality quarterback play compared to probably two seasons ago when you had Tom Brady. In Aaron Rodgers, in Russell Wilson. I mean, you look at the teams now. Look at the majority of the quarterbacks. Is anybody really exciting you that you want to go see as a quarterback right now? I'll give you Lamar Jackson. I'll give you, because I don't know how I forgot his name, Patrick Mahomes. Well, Patrick Mahomes was there two years ago. Uh, maybe Jalen Hurts. I'll give you Jalen Hurts. But who else? Right? I mean, there just aren't a number of quality quarterbacks that are like Hall of Fame that you're like, ooh, this is going to be a great game. You want to see this matchup. That's it. Maybe Josh Allen and Tua. All right. So we got one, two, three, four, five. Five. That's it. Five quarterbacks that you're like, yeah, when they play each other, I want to see them play. And I'm I'm kind of throwing into, and that's not really fair. I'd almost say four. I guess you say yeah, maybe Josh Allen. But that's bad. The NFL games have been overall bad. You know, outside the fact that if you like your team, there's a player, you know, you're rooting for, like I am Washington, or if you are a Steelers fan and you like Kenny Pickett, I'll give you that. But in terms of Hall of Fame players that are still playing, that you're like, yeah, you want to watch them play whether you are a fan of that team or not, I'd argue that there's really only two. 
Patrick Mahomes. And and actually, it might only be one. I could see that everybody's like, I'm not excited to see Lamar Jackson. There might only be one. If Tom Brady was playing, you were going to see him. Aaron Rodgers, you wanted to go see the Green Bay Packers. The level of play has gone down, and some of it is due to injuries. Because like I said, there are some players that I would say are really good that you are like, yeah, you're a top-notch quarterback. And, And when I stretched it out, I was at five. And that's not good. The NFL games overall are just not that good. I mean, even if you, in Germany, you get a 21-14 between two offensive juggernauts in Kansas City, which, by the way, they are missing Eric Bieniemy. which, by the way, their offensive coordinator is now Matt Nagy in Kansas City, and he didn't, he didn't do well with the Bears. I don't even understand how they hired him. It's not like the Bears had a great offense. They didn't. So that was a weird hire. But 21 14, eh. You'll get a game here and there that's high scoring. But overall, the quarterback play, and some of it is due to injuries, the games are just not that good. There are a lot of mediocre teams in the National Football League. And yeah, okay, there are only a certain number of teams that are going to make the playoffs, so there got to be some teams that are bad. I'll give you that. But like even Brock Purdy, I'm not like, yeah, I want to see Brock Purdy. And it seems like Brock Purdy has come back down to earth. Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, he had a nice run. But now teams have seen him once, seen him twice, and now they're like, oh, yeah, there's a reason why he was Mr. Irrelevant. That's what I see is starting to happen right now. Granted, injuries played a role in that too. But you know in San Francisco, the honeymoon phase is over and everybody's waking up and they're like, oh, right, who's our quarterback now? Can he beat Tom Brady? I know that's what they want. Tom Brady was taking the sixth round. Not Mr. Irrelevant, though, but still he was taken late. And I get that. Won a Super Bowl, multiple Super Bowls for New England, and won one for Tampa Bay, which was the most amazing story ever. But for even for Tampa Bay to go from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, you're like, ugh. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. And I'm sure the GMs and coaches are realizing that too and saying, whoa, what happened to all the good quarterbacks? Or maybe for them, they're like, let's keep losing and we get Caleb Williams and maybe that turns it around. And I'll give you that. Maybe it will. He could be generational. He could be. But it wasn't like these teams didn't take the teams that were bad didn't take quarterbacks at one and two, right? C.J. Stroud, eh, yeah, yeah, he has a couple big games, 
And we got to give him some more time. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But do you think of any of them as generational talent per se? I'd probably say not. I'd probably say not. And that's not good for the NFL long term. It really isn't. But I'll still watch. I'll still watch. At least one eye open. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. Ciao for now.